Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. So it sounds like, oh, John is recording the call. Now I'm in trouble. I've been, I've been to 47 states in the Union up until this afternoon. Now I've been to 48 states in the Union. Let me guess the two states you're missing. Okay. Uh, not, Illinois, not Illinois or Indiana. Nope. <laughs> uh, Alaska and Hawaii. Alaska is one of them. Okay. And I think North Dakota. I'm not sure if I've ever been in North Dakota, but I think North Dakota. Oh, yeah, dear. Don't you know Fargo? <clears throat> oh, it's Fargo. <clears throat> I'm in Maine right now. Never been to Maine before until today. I have never. I've always wanted to go to Maine. I had some friends that just got back who were there on vacation. It looked absolutely stunningly beautiful. It's cool. They got a big moose in the airport. Is it alive or dead? <laughs> it's not, not moving. Um, <laughs> okay. It would make it really more interesting if it was alive in the in the airport. So, yeah. I mean, I came. I'm working on the podcast. I'm getting ready. I got this and the other podcast I, I do. And so I had, I came to Maine. And guess what I had for dinner? I'm hoping some kind of seafood. Not lobster. No, I had wings. The wings were good, though. Oh. Were they buffalo wings or were they main wings? <laughs> they are buffalo wings. <laughs> so what's on the, what's on, what, what do you got coming up on the podcast today? Well, always back to business. Always back to I business. Know. Yeah. Hello, everybody. This is the podcast. I'm John Graville and producer Mark McFarlane here joining us as we banter before we go into our in-depth interview with Sean Kennedy of Margay Racing LLC. Way cool. I and funny thing is, I happen to own two Margay Racing carts. Yes, I own Margay Racing carts myself. You probably could have stock in Margay Racing carts based on how many you have. Yeah, yeah, I like the Margay Racing carts. I like them. I, I there. You know what I've liked about them? That I was a complete, utter idiot if you ask mario or kyle about my ability and understanding of what a racing cart is about when i joined the club two years ago uh had no inkling of what i was doing i throw 12 year old spencer into said go-kart and say that's the gas that's the brake good luck and the great thing about the margate cart is how easy it's been to work on it and to learn it. I haven't had to go to an engineering school to figure out, you know, everything about it. There's still a lot that I can learn. Me, on the other hand, well, I'm not doing much in my go-kart. Yeah, you're referring to Kyle Nato, the assistant race director, and uh, Mario Santiano, the uh, resident cart mechanic there at the Audubon Country Club. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I didn't know anything about carts either. My latest project, though, is I have this extra part of my barn, and I am installing a wind tunnel. <laughs> so that we can determine 
what is the best coating on the wraps that we use on the body panels? Um, I'm going to have to introduce you to a friend of mine too, John. I have a friend of mine. His son is studying aerodynamics at the, univer- at the University of Notre Dame, which is where the world's largest wind tunnel is. Well, maybe that would have been a, that would have been a lot simpler for you to told me before I started construction on this. <laughs> it, started, it started six weeks started six weeks ago, but we are going to find out the exact coating to put because it's got to be worth it's got to be worth ten seconds on our track, right? Ten. Oh, seconds. easily. Are you going to put a dyno in as well? Dinos are, dinos are too expensive. How, oh, what's a wind tunnel? I mean, what did you got? You, you, you're dropping a jet engine off one of the 737s you fly and just put that in your garage and fire that baby up. Let's, let's, talk, about the, let's talk about the Audubon Country Club. Today is the 14th of July, 2020. We had, uh, well, we can talk about, was there other racing this weekend? I don't think Not really. Race. I think there was, you know... Um, I didn't see anything really happen. When we were out there on Saturday after the storm rolled through, the track was awfully quiet, like peacefully quiet, where deer could jump across the road and and just, you know, meander through the, the fields. And then you would hear the sounds of shotgun shells being shot because they were doing the uh, shooting thing. Oh, there was. Right. So Saturday, cart race, huge thunderstorm coming. The fastest I've ever seen anybody clear up a cart paddock in my entire life. I <laughs> literally think I went to the bathroom and I came back. No, no, no. I was racing. That's right. It was. Yeah, 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 you were racing. We finished the chase race, which is the open division of the cart. Does that carting. race count? Does that race count? Are we going to count that race, John? Uh, well, the winner, I did not win. I was within, <laughs> within a cart length of winning. Uh, the winner... Spun a little bit, got a little out of shape coming around the final turn. We're running it backwards, for those who don't know. We're running the cart track backwards in July for the races and practicing. And uh, The leader got a little sideways coming out of that turn, and I was coming hard. But unfortunately, uh, the person in the lead was able to go across the finish line prior to me. Perhaps there was a breakout. We we're don't know. Fingers crossed, maybe. Only time will tell. Or yes. Kyle Nadu, race director, will tell. He, um, he knows. <laughs> yes, but he will not speak of said of said race. So Saturday that we had the ring, and then everybody cleared out. And then Saturday afternoon, I think they did the skeet shooting, and, and I saw off, some videos off roading. I saw. Did you see that on Facebook from Stradali, where they post? I think they raced oh, the right. Honda Odysseys. They had the original Honda Odyssey, which was not a minivan. No, which was not a mini, which was a lot more fun than a minivan, and they were barreling through because of that, that big rainstorm we had caused a lot of puddles. A lot of puddles and a Honda Odyssey non minivan sound like a really good time. It did look pretty cool. <laughs> I, I did talk. I did find out there was about twenty people for the skeet shooting or trap shooting. Excuse me for the trap shooting. Really? Oh, yeah. This is a long interview. We better get started. Oh, by the way, if you are going to come out and do the trap shooting at the club, you need steel shot, not lead shot. Is that easy to acquire? Yes, Walmart. Same same thing. It's right next to the lead shot. But it's usually it'll it's usually like steel looking. There's a little steel shot on it. 
So then Sunday was a quiet day at the track. Um, uh, I did not go out. Did you go out Sunday to the track? No, we went home late, late, late Saturday night, and um, we dug out my septic tank vent, and um, s- someone uh, ran into it with a rally car, so they broke the pipe. So we had to dig it out and, uh, <laughs> and fix it. He goes, I said, I go, you know you hit that. you got to come help me fix it. He goes, how do you know I hit it? I said, well, I thought two tire tracks go up to it and two tire tracks reverse out of it, so I know it was a rally car that hit it. <laughs> well, he is driving like Cole Trickle lately, isn't he? <laughs> you know, when when they say, "Hey, go hit the pace car." Why? You've hit everything else. Mm. Uh, anyway, so. Sean Kennedy. This is supposed to be. This is eleven <laughs> minutes and fifty three seconds, so we haven't even started the interview yet. Sean Kennedy <laughs> from Margay is going to talk a little bit about his background. But we get to know Sean a little bit. He's at the track quite often. Uh, especially lately this year. Then we go into talking about the history of Margay, and it's a pretty cool interview. We talk about coaching, we talk about tuning, we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. You ready to listen to it? I'm ready. Let's hear it. All right. And it says it's recording on my end. Yeah, so, okay. But I have a backup system, too, that's very good, so... We should not have to work. No one wants to do an interview twice, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Tell me that story one more time. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's not uh, an interview. It's a conversation. That's right. It is a conversation. That yeah. is a conversation. Uh, which brings me to welcoming Sean Kennedy uh, from Margay Racing LLC. It's, uh, your title is... Social media <laughs> director, it's, teacher, coach, mentor. What is it exactly? It's hard. I mean, you can't really, with any kind of small business, you can't really put a title per se. But I guess if I were to kind of explain my role to someone else, it would be uh, sales, social media. Um, I do some coaching on the side. Just do anything you can whenever you're needed, you know? Yeah, so so Sean, you let's I guess take us back. Uh, you grew up actually in Illinois, northern up by Joliet, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, grew up in Naperville, Illinois, uh, west suburb. Um, I actually got my first opportunity to work at in racing by being a corner marshal at Audubon Country Club. Believe it or not, um, it was I believe I want to say my sophomore year of college. I was just kind of looking for a college job. I started the summer as a porter at a Cadillac dealership. I absolutely hated it. Um, <laughs> I wanted to work at a racetrack so bad. I remember just sending emails like crazy to Audubon, Chicagoland, wherever I could. And eventually, uh, Bob Watts and Mike Ritter got a hold of me and, uh, interviewed with them and they gave me the job, I think even the next day. And then I told Cadillac later, I'm going to the racetrack. So, um, yeah, I got my start in auto racing eight years ago at Audubon country club. <laughs> nice. And so, uh, were you into cars as a kid? I mean, were you into racing? Did your parents, did your parents have a, a love of cars also? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was obsessed to say the least in auto racing. I mean, kind of the story is when, uh, I was, 
I was born in May, right around the Indy 500. And my dad, um, that weekend, of course, was the Coke 600 and the Indy 500. And uh, when everyone was in the waiting room for me to be born, my dad kind of got his start in auto racing by watching those races. And just <laughs> all the toys that I got as a kid were Hot Wheels cars. I never wanted action figures or anything like that. And I remember getting all the Auto Week magazines as a little kid. And uh, pretty much ever since I was five years old, I kind of begged my parents to get me into racing, get me into go-karting. Uh, eventually, they caved, believe it or not, when I was around 12 years old. And uh, it was a really quick in and out. I mean, they we got to the track that we got to use um, go-kart. Uh, it wasn't a Margay, unfortunately. It was a, a different one. But uh, we got into the sport um, for about a year, and uh, my parents were just honestly pretty overwhelmed. I mean, the costs were so high. Uh, it's they they were asking questions. Well, how can I get my kid to be a professional driver? And it was just like, well, he has a one in ten thousand chance with the budget you have, you know. And it's just it doesn't make sense. So. From there, I got out of the sport. Um, they decided to have me focus on school and go to go to college. And um, right after college, first thing I did was buy a go-kart. So got back into it right away. Um, and from there, I mean, it's, I've, yeah, basically I've just had a passion my whole life. Yes. So were you racing out at, out at where were you doing the go-karts? So when I was young, I was at Concept Hauler's Motor Speedway, uh, racing a 100cc Yamaha go kart. Yeah, so that's that's just west of west of town, right? Correct. Yeah, it's in Norway, Illinois, a town of like 50 people, maybe. Um, really fun, flowy track, though. Uh, it's been around forever. Um, yeah, so it's uh, um, it, it's out there. I mean, I mean, it's nice. Yeah, again, it's been around forever, and it's a it's a nice, it's a nice track out there. And did you ever, I mean, when you finally got to the Autobahn, were you, did they have the, they had the go-kart track at that time. Were you, um, doing anything with the go-karts there when you were working there? Yeah. It, funny, funny you say that. Um, one of the cool things that really got me <laughs> to stay at the job is they, I don't know if they still do it or not, but they used to have a corner marshal and kind of like employee karting league. It was like one race a month, like it was, I think, like Thursday night or something like that. And that's really what got me back into karting again. I mean, um, just racing against kind of the coworkers and the local kids there and in the rental carts. I mean, uh, at that time, the track isn't what you see it today. Um, as Kart Circuit Audubon, it was just the kidney being um, way out. Uh, there wasn't any garages. They were functioning off storage containers and I mean, that was kind of my re-entry, I would say, into the sport right there. <laughs> nice. And then you, so what did you study in college? I studied marketing. So I went to Northern Michigan University. Um, I'm really huge into outdoors, snowboarding, hiking, camping, whatever I can do outside. Um, so that's kind of what brought me up there. Um, graduated in 2014 and then came back to Chicago. Oh, nice, nice. And are um, you still snowboard quite a bit, or? Oh yeah, as much as I can. I mean, it would be probably around a hundred days on hill a year um, until I had to move back down here. Now it's anywhere from twenty-five to forty on a good year. Um, I get out as much as I can. I mean, outside of 
auto racing and go-karting and snowboarding is definitely my other passion. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's a lot. What kind of, what kind of snow snowboard do you uh, use? Uh, just kind of like a freestyle, like kind of all mountain snowboard. I mean, I grew up riding what they call tow rope parks. So I do all kind of like freestyle snowboarding with jumps and rails. Um, cause that's really all that we had in Chicago and Wisconsin type area. So, um, from there I got to kind of experience more out West and experience different kinds of snowboarding, but yeah, definitely that's, uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, the summer and the spring, it's hundred percent racing, but then, uh, once I get to the winter, when it gets too cold to do some racing, I get to go outside and go snowboard. <laughs> that, that sounds great. I, I, I've, I've been snowboarding for about the last 10 years or so. I didn't pick it up until I was mid forties. And I, I think last year, I think I got one more year in me, but, um, I always said I'd never go back to skiing because it was just skiing was just going to be too hard on my knees and too dangerous, but snowboarding, snowboarding is hard for a mid 50 year old guy. I'm always the oldest guy on the, and you know, I'm the oldest guy on the list. I'm the oldest guy that hits the terrain park. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, which people can't yeah. tell that I'm because I'm, in a, you know, main goggles and a face mask and they can't see how old I am, but <laughs> I don't know how long my, I always thought I'd ride a snowboard literally forever, but I'm, yeah, de- I'm rethinking that now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of my goal. I want to be able to race go-karts, be able to snowboard, do all those things as long as I can. I mean, when I'm not working, racing, snowboarding, I try to stay as healthy as I can be doing the right diet, um, going to the gym, working out as much as I can. So I can do those things as long as I live, hopefully. (laughs) Do you do skateboard too? I do. Yeah. I mean, skateboarding has honestly been one of the main things that's been keeping me sane. I mean, every day after work, I go out probably for an hour or two and just go skateboard, just me by myself. I mean, it's, it's one of those sports, a lot like racing where you can kind of escape. I mean, you're just so focused. Um, like when you're learning a new trick, it's a lot like taking a lap around Audubon, you're focused on getting your corners, right. Finding the apexes, making sure you don't put two wheels off and, once you make a mistake, your head's in the wrong place. And I mean, there's a lot of similarities um, in terms of your mental game between the two sports. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, I, I will say, so we've enjoyed, uh, so my son, Mitchell, and I, and you, you primarily, I mean, worked with me a little bit, but you've been a, a tuner mechanic coach mentor to us for uh, all of last year. And, you know, I, I will you know, give a big, you know, pat on your back for being just an, an outstanding coach and well, thank you for working with a, uh, you know, a, a young man who, who pays attention a hundred percent, but he doesn't <laughs> look like he pays attention. You've been able to, you know, really, really reach him. And, um, I've really enjoyed watching you. I try to step back and get away as much as I can. And, uh, I really enjoyed watching you uh, work with with my son and he always gets faster when he works with you yeah definitely thank you very thank much you very i mean much. it's I mean, always it's cool. awesome working with someone that shares a similar same passion to the sport that i do i mean working with someone like him or any of the other people um when i see their drive to get better and go from being maybe a mid-pack or back-end driver to being a podium driver every time i mean that's something i want to look forward to working with yeah, it's it, it's been great. So um, yeah, anybody interested in it, that, you know, get a hold of you. We'll talk about your contact information later. You know, at the end of the show here. But you know, you know, working with you, especially down in um, 
the gate, Gateway Complex down in Springfield because that's where you live now. I'm um, not Springfield, excuse me, St. Louis, because that's where you've now. Do you actually you actually live in St. Louis, right? Yeah, I'm kind of right now. I'm just kind of back and forth between Chicago and St. Louis. I mean, my parents are still up here, and uh, with all this going on, I'm uh, realizing how um, important family time is. So I'm kind of using this gap to spend more time with them and with my brothers. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of sharing time between St. Louis and Chicago. Oh, and, so um, you're up in Naperville, Naperville now? Yeah, I'm actually I'm in Naperville right now. I was going to go to the the car race at Audubon, um, but unfortunately got um, canceled, and I'm looking forward to going to the next one if schedule allows. Oh, outstanding. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I didn't know you were, you, were, you, were, you were that close. So, yeah, so normally you're, uh, after all this uh, virus thing and the lockdown orders and, and stay-at-home things are all done, you're, you'll be back. Uh, and so Margay itself is in St. Louis, also, right? That's a, Correct. That's a, yes. Margay is, in, Margay is in the city of St. Louis, um, just south of the Tower Grove area, if anyone's familiar with that. Uh, it's been there since 1964. Um, we've either been in one or two buildings. They're right next to each other. Um, it started out with um, Keith Freeber's grandpa. So now it's a third generation company. Um, we're Yeah, we're still American made made right here in the St. in St. Louis. I mean, a lot of people ask us, are you really made in St. Louis? I mean, cause all of our, almost all of our competitors are in either Italy or France or somewhere in Europe. So, I mean, it's still cool to say that we're one of the last American manufacturers of carts. Yeah. So, so take us back to Mar- Margie is a historic name in carting. Uh, I, I assume there's, I was in Springfield at a carting show and, and a, there was a gentleman there who had a bunch of antiques. I, I call them antique, antique carts, I guess, for, for lack of a better word. And um, he, there were some old Margay things there that were, you, you know, pretty cool. But uh, carting, I'm assuming, was around before 1964, or, or was it? Was that early on? Was that the first really starting of carting when Margay got involved? It wasn't the absolute, absolute first, first, but I mean, Cardian was really young at that point. Um, Margay actually acquired a company called King Cart, uh, which was around just before then, um, which eventually turned to Marcart or Margay. Um, at that time, I want to say that Keith's grandpa was operating a midget team as well. So it was always a tool and die company as the backbone um, in terms of manufacturing and what they did. And the pa- their passion for racing led to the midget program as well as the karting program. Um, from there, it kind of evolved um, from karting being just kind of maybe a hobby thing to a serious thing. So now, I mean, it's, it's a sole program. It used to be a part of their other manufacturing um, businesses at that time, but now it's solely owned by um, Keith Freeber and his wife um, running the company. And we just, Eat, sleep, bleed, racing now. <laughs> yeah, so so midgets, you're that's a, 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 a generally a dirt track type of go kart, you might say, but it has a suspension and a roll cage and a race car. Yeah, definitely, it's a yeah dirt race car. Um, Keith always kind of jokes about getting back into it, um, and yeah, that's definitely been a passion of theirs and and um, something even I've liked. Um, Actually, just before 
I work for Margay. Um, I work for a small IndyCar team part-time. Uh, Jonathan Bird's racing uh, with their Indy 500 effort with Brian Clawson. Um, and that year, Brian Clawson was supposed to run 200 races um, through IndyCar, midgets, uh, sprint cars, um, you name it. So kind of the connection of midgets kind of <laughs> kind of goes around everything, I would say. um that's cool so 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 margay starts um and they're as i remember the story they're the so originally all the motors go-kart motors were behind the driver right so they were rear engine cars carts you might want to say correct correct yes and then margay was the first person to put a motor on the side is that right yeah, they were definitely one of the first. I mean, you would probably have to ask Keith a little bit more about that. <laughs> I need to brush up on my Margate history lesson. I got <laughs> you did the yeah you did the research. Um, but yeah, they were definitely and and some of the first to do the twin engine concept, which we've actually brought back this year, um, which was kind of a radical idea at that time. Uh, back then, they used twin McCullough motors, um, and now we use the Briggs and Strand two hundred six. Yeah, so so Margay was started, and then in the '90s, probably um, they were doing a lot of two-cycle type racing, and then well, then comes around the the 206 motors, so the the Briggs and Stratton uh, 206. I assume it's 206 cc's. Is that right? Is Correct. That- yeah. So it's it's funny you say that. I actually just made a Facebook post today about. We've sold so many 206 packages in the recent years that people almost forget that we do make and sell two-cycle carts. So I actually had to remind people today because we just shipped uh, two 125 IMEX 30 packages out to California. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, Margate was predominantly a two-cycle business until about five or six years ago when the 206 program really ramped up. Um, specifically we focused on the 100 CC, uh, Yamaha program. Um, but yeah, five years ago, um, Ignite started and pretty much a year before that was really when the 206 stuff picked up. Um, carding, I, I obviously wasn't working for the company at that time, but during the recession in 08, it literally split the carding industry in half. Um, and that was the time where a lot of the American manufacturers went out of business. Uh, luckily, Margay survived it. Um, and one of the big reasons why it did was kind of this new 206 program, uh, having a spec, affordable, sealed platform available for carters. I mean, it really brought the entry barrier down to the everyday person, the everyday racing and racing enthusiast um and from there is where we or where they created the spec ignite program i mean keith and greg and those guys have been around carding so long and they've seen everything right and even more importantly everything that's been wrong in carding and the ignite program was really kind of a solution to conquer um kind of all the issues that they've seen yeah i mean i remember well so i called my cousins up and I said, hey, I, my son wants to do some type of racing. I said, you guys used to be quarter midget racers and sprint, you know, mini sprints and sprint cars. And he advised me, he says, get into karting because it's way more affordable, way better. Uh, 
at the time. So we went out, we had my son, a, 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 a Rotex motor, a two cycle car. I remember this. They, <laughs> it was, it was a fantastic card. We saw, we, we were piecing it off now and selling it, but um, it was a fantastic card. It was a wonderful card. And I distinctly remember our first conversation at the Audubon Country Club where you are the one who told me, yeah, this was months later that, you know, there's no more uh, Rotex motor racing in the United States. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's no place to race that beautiful, very twice as expensive as a Margay cart cart that you just bought for your son. Uh, so why don't you join us with this Ignite uh, 206 racing? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you bring up a really good point. I mean, um, you went to a dealer, uh, you bought a product, um, but unfortunately that dealer didn't really inform you of what's going on in the carding in industry or get you set up to race at the track you were playing to race at, uh, kind of the way, uh, I'll kind of explain this in two ways. Uh, the two stroke market, um, is run by three major, um, manufacturers that, um, heavily sponsored different series across the country, Rotax being one of them, um, IAMI being another, and Rock being the third. Um, and basically, Rotax kind of at the point where you bought the cart, they didn't really have a presence in the country. Um, and the dealer that you bought from didn't really plan you. I mean, yeah, he sold you the cart and got you out the door, but he didn't put you to the next step. And that's kind of where our company comes in is when I'm working with tracks or if it's a B2C sale, a customer calls me up. I mean, I try to do extensive research. I mean, they may be from, let's say, New Hampshire. Um, so I'll look up, okay, I know the New Hampshire Carding Association is right there. Uh, what is the age of the driver? What's your skill level? What's your budget? Uh, so I'll go to their website or even call their track and say, like, hey, like I got a customer that wants to join your club. Um, what is the best program to get them into? Um, so, I mean, that's one of the big things that we do, uh, to get people engaged and involved. Cause I mean, I don't want to just sell you a car. I want to make sure you stay in the sport and you're comfortable and you get the product that you need for the track or organization that you're racing at. Yeah, that's, that's really important. Um, we're, we're lucky at the Audubon country club that we have this, this core group of, uh, and growing, kart racing enthusiasts and i also think that we're lucky to have the the margay and ignite um brand if you will so i i you know it it's it's cost effective it's fun it's you know all the things that we you know you think of it's a spec series um I wish there was about half of the things, even though there's not a lot of mechanical things on the cart, I still wish there was about half since I'm the team mechanic at my, <laughs> I still wish there was about half the things to worry about. Uh, we just learned a massive thing this weekend with, with my son's cart on, on why we couldn't get any acceleration out of it. And we, we just learned a, a huge thing about setup and frame and, and flex that we needed. Um, and the, uh, you know, we, we were over in an Indy. We have a tuner that through Margay uh, has been assigned to us. It's become one of our friends and one of our, our main helpers. And, you know, he Shout out to Rod Sharp. That's right. Rod Sharp. That's right. Over in Indy. Amazing, uh, amazing uh, mechanic and coach. And we were over there and he, within the second of me rolling it out of the trailer, he goes, Oh, I see what's wrong. 
you know, we couldn't figure it out before and he saw it immediately. And then he called one of the things I'm getting to is he called Greg Dingus, who is, um, also with your, uh, with, with Margay and Greg talked to him on the phone. And, uh, so yeah, the availability of help straight from the factory with you and Greg and Keith, um, it's, uh, it's very empowering for an owner to know that they are backed up by so many people, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's good to hear that. I mean, that's one of the things that we really kind of pride upon. And, um, I'm so glad to kind of see how, um, the Ignite program has really grown, um, especially with the evolution of the circuit. I mean, Kyle has been a huge part, uh, as well as you and, and the Missigs and a lot of those kind of um, key starting um, components to the car program over there. I mean, it really, I mean, we sold a decent amount of carts right away, but they were kind of bought as toys per se. I mean, they weren't really being taken seriously, but then Kyle and, and you and, and the Mystics really kind of um, spread the news to the members like, hey, this is something really cool, something easy for you and your kids to get involved in. And something that we should grow, um, to make a big part of our club. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's pretty cool. And we, we've really enjoyed growing as racers and, and, and mechanics and coaches through that. I, I'll tell another quick little story. We were down in, um, racing down at the gateway down in, in on the East side of the river. Uh, what town is that gateway complex in? Is it East St. Louis? It's Madison, Illinois, Madison, Illinois. And my son got in a horrific, horrific wreck. It was pretty I bad. Remember this. Yeah, it was. And, it was uh, we, really. It was definitely one of the worst wrecks I've seen at that track. Uh, yeah, it was either him taking out uh, a young girl and a young boy, or him taking a wall and being a wedge underneath the wall. And he took the wall, and the cart exploded, and uh, the retaining wall was resting on him. It was not, it was the worst day as a, as a, as a parent, <laughs> I'll tell you that. My point of that is we got the card out, we got him and he was okay. We got him. And, uh, so you, uh, Keith, the owner and, and Greg all started immediately wrenching on his cart to try to fix it before we took it home. And we were done for the day, but I just remember uh, wheeling it over there and everybody started pitching in to take it apart and to fix it. Um, so it, it was, it was really neat to see everybody pitching in to, to, to help us out of towners out. That was cool. Yeah, definitely. And, um, it's, yeah, I mean, that was, uh, we wanted to get him on track. I mean, um, we were hoping he was okay. And I mean, once we saw him walking away, we knew there was maybe a chance that he can get back out there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we want to do that, um, for anyone. I mean, it's the same thing when I used to race when, um, before I worked for Margay, I mean, we kind of all worked as a team. I mean, yeah, we were competitors on track, but if someone had an issue, I mean, you, you and your competitors would all, I mean, that's kind of the cool part about go-karting is, yeah, I mean, you're hard competitors on track, but when you're in the pits, I mean, for the most part, you're all buddies and you're willing to lend a hand or, um, loan a part out to someone whenever they're in need. Yeah, so so the, a little, t- tell us a little bit about the the ignite idea. Um, how how did that kind of come about, or was it just that the need to put were you putting two hundred six motors on your other frames before you kind of designed? Because the the ignite frame was designed specifically for the two hundred six. Is, is that correct? 
Yes, that is correct. I mean, they did quite extensive testing uh, with the 206 because we knew it would be a spec chassis. So with that idea, the chassis itself is never going to change. So they wanted to make sure when they built it, they built it right. And um, we take that same chassis and open chassis competition and win some big races with it. So we're really confident where we're at with it. Um, But yeah, I mean, the whole Ignite philosophy started pretty much at the same time 206 came out the 206 it was always an idea that keith had but the 206 really just helped make it a reality um it made it a super affordable platform um with it being a spec motor and and not just spec but reliable i mean the bottom end of that motor i've seen could last three to five years uh usually the top end you'll replace every year but i mean other than that i mean Compared to other motors out there, other options, it's definitely the most reliable. Um, And the spec nature of the series, I mean, it really brings in kind of the right people you want to be racing with. I mean, the kind of people that buy into the Ignite and the the spec program are the people that like equality and fairness of the sport and knowing that if they lost a race, it's usually because they weren't on their game that day. And it wasn't because that they didn't spend enough money or they didn't have the right components on their cart. Um, and it really just limits the variables because when you're racing open chassis competition, it's not just the chassis you have, it's the kind of wheels you have. It's the kind of clutch you have. It's the kind of exhaust setting you have. It's, um, there's just so many other factors other than a chassis that can confuse and, and deter someone from getting into the sport. And the whole idea of the ignite was, to get as many racing enthusiasts or as many people that want to get into karting into karting as easy as possible. Yeah, it, 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 it is easy. And I do, we've just besides that, and, and you know, if you listen to the podcast, you hear me talk about the social aspect of it. It's one of the best, best things that we do in racing as far as, you know, we've met some incredible friends and we have traveled with them and we've met, you know, different people, around my son's you know has established some friends that uh we just know from the races uh it's it's a lot of fun so i kind of want to just talk a little bit now about what services you know margay offers for example so they'll sell you the cart but in addition to that when you race you have uh tuners we call them or mechanics slash coaches that they can arrange for. So there's a, there's many, I, I couldn't tell you how many Ignite series spec series there are. You know, we, we have one at the Autobahn. They're starting one in Springfield. There's one down at the gateway that we already talked about by St. Louis. Um, there's multiple places around the entire country um, that have just an Ignite, uh, Margay Ignite spec series. What's the furthest one away? I mean, I know there's in Tampa, right? There's one or North of, yeah, uh, so this season we've added quite a few. So the furthest one I would say is in uh, just outside. We're about to announce this, uh, Boise, Idaho. So there's a new circuit out there called Cart Idaho. Um, when they, we've kind of been working with them when they've started out their program, and they wanted Ignite to be kind of the main part and the main focus of their karting program. So. Their season should start in June as long as the government allows it, and they'll be running the Spec Ignite class. I know they already have, I think, about 15 carts out there ready to race. Um, And then on the other end of the country, we have 
Oakland Valley, which is actually more of a historic car track. That car track's been around since I want to say the 60s or early 70s. And uh, they've been predominantly a two-cycle track. And the owner over there, Tim Hannon, has been racing with us quite a bit. And um, he wanted to know how he can get his track involved. So now that track's a dealer. I mean, yeah, so there's there's opportunities around the country. Cincinnati, Motorsports Country Club in Cincinnati, uh, Whiteland uh, Raceway Park in Indiana. Like you said, Mid-State Car Club in Springfield. And then you have Team T Carways in Quincy. Uh, Gateway Carplex uh, in St. Louis. Uh, Motorsports, um, Hastings Motorsports Park in uh, Hastings, Nebraska. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you own an Ignite car, you have quite a few options to race at the club level. And then moving up from there, we offer a regional program, uh, the Ignite Challenge Series, uh, Audubon the car circuit Audubon is one of the venues. So we actually just announced a new date for them. It's going to be uh, September 13th. Uh, so that'll be one of the five races for the regional program. So that's kind of the get together of all these Midwest tracks. So anyone who races locally at Audubon, TNT, uh, Gateway, wherever it is, this is kind of the get together opportunity. And then beyond that, we have what we call majors or national level events. Uh, we just wrapped up, uh, I guess it was a few months ago, we were at the Scusa Winter Series in uh, Homestead Miami Speedway. Um, from there, we'll be moving at July to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which is the coolest karting event of the year. Um, yeah, anyone who owns an Ignite kart needs to go to that race. It's so cool. Um, and then we also have a few street races to cap off the year, Elkhart, Indiana, um, Rock Island Grand Prix in Rock Island, Illinois, and then the Quincy Grand Prix in October, which is going to be a Oktoberfest themed race. And Quincy is another one you don't want to miss. It's a rolling hill circuit through a, a city park. I mean, if you went there, you would just think it's a go kart track. It's that cool. Yeah. So let's let's touch just a little bit about that. So the Ignite Challenge is a series of five five races, right? Yeah, five, five what's well, ten, ten, ten races, ten races five race days. Yeah, five venues, five different venues. Correct. And uh, it's really neat. And that's one of the things that that was really our, you know, the Graybeal Racing families. That was one of our first opportunities to step out away from the club. We had dipped our toes down, in, down at, at Gateway in St. Louis, and then we wanted to uh, do the challenge. And that was uh, exciting. And we... One of the things that we did that I think helped us is we got a, a, a factory tuner each. This is, uh, um, you know, Jordan Missig and, and the Missig family, big racers there at the Audubon. Jordan had won the, the Ignite Challenge uh, and seniors the year prior. And they really encouraged us to, you know, reach out and, and, and expand and do that. And we ended up getting a factory tuner each time, which was help, which was very helpful. And it really I'm, every time I thought I don't need it anymore and then I would go and then I would learn something else some valuable lesson that I'm like you got to be kidding me how come I did not know that you know so it was it was enjoyable and that's one thing that, that Margate does does offer and I think it makes us that will relate and help us be a better local racer at at, at the Audubon Country Club uh, the other one probably my f- most memorable event last year by far was the battle of the brickyard and that's where there's is, is it 500 carts show up at in it's, yeah it's something crazy it is the largest karting event in terms of entries right now i mean it's ignite it's 206 it's 
tag shifter. I mean, it's really the only event that encompasses every sector of karting. Yeah. So, so shifter cart, that's obviously, that's like, a, it's really just a motorcycle engine that you're shifting, you know, you're shifting it and tag is what they call touch and go, which are two cycle, um, engines that you don't have to pull start. They have a starter in it, internal starter. You just push a button and you touch it and it goes. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, which, which is kind of, kind of interesting now. And I, uh, so that, that event, you know, we're really looking forward to that event, which I know that the entire summer here in 2020 has, has changed and, and been revamped, but I really do look forward to those. And of course, my son wants to do every single event. He wants to do uh, every single car race. He wants to see every single autocross. You know, he wants to do, you know, he wants to go out and do these other racing schools. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's been valuable for us. That's, that's, that's what I want to say. And uh, when Margay comes up for the challenge race at the Audubon Country Club, um, all those things are available for the members to uh, learn more. Uh, we one thing that we do look forward to it at some point is getting more classes, schools, maybe you know how to use the micron, how to how to really tune up the, 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 the motor or the frame, you know, those, those are the things that, you know, I really, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been trying to do, uh, I mean, we have done some kind of program there every year. And, um, before all this madness happened, when the ignite challenge race was originally scheduled in April, we were going to kind of encompass that whole weekend with like a little coaching session, um, chalk talk type school. Um, we had a whole, Alan and I and our team had a whole plan set up and it was going to be really cool. And I hope that we have the opportunity to do that in September. Yeah. Alan, the, uh, director or the cart, cartplex manager, Alan Bertignoli, if I say that right, I really struggle to make sure I'm pronouncing his name perfectly. Um, so yeah, he, he's been taking over that, uh, uh, program and really trying to trying to grow it and i really see see great things from the the club and uh, the audubon country club you know and where it's going and and continuing to uh you know advanced karting and i, I know that you know my son while he is moving into uh, car racing uh, more this year than he has in the past he still looks forward to, to karting and I, I still love it and i and i hope that the the social aspect uh of karting can continue as we we build on on some of the um challenges that we do have you know in this in this 2020 season and 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 have had so uh, i do look i do look forward to gaining more friends and learning more about people learning more about karting and i i often joke when i retire that uh, maybe, maybe in the next ten years, I'll know enough that I could go out and and be a and be a tuner. But I, I wouldn't actually not mind um, being a retired person and heading down <laughs> a cart track. And but the part that scares me is that I'm only going to know about uh, ignite uh, uh, ignite carts. So I have to retire someplace where there's an ignite series. And because uh, I really don't want to work on these two strokes and these crazy Italian, these Italian vehicles, but um, American made uh, 
go-karts. I would really just like to be a tuner and, and, and help people out. And, and, uh, I, I really like enjoy working on it. <laughs> I really well, I mean, it. you have a perfect place to retire right now. You can build your garage Mahal and along the straightaway at Audubon and, uh, wake up every morning to the smell of race cars. And then you'll have the car track right there to race ignite carts. But you, you touch on a good point on maybe being an older, um, male or female that wants to get into the sport. Um, one of the great things about the ignite is that it uses a really hard, hard tire compound. And with that, it's l- way less abrasive on your body. Cause when you're racing a traditional two cycle or shifter cart, as many people kind of see what carding is, um, that can be super aggressive on your ribs and on your body. I mean, if you want to be a competitive shifter cart or tag 125 CC driver, you need to be, you need to be in good, really good sh- shape. So, um, the ignite kind of allows the opportunity for an older driver to come in and be comfortable in the cart and have a good time. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. See, I got some, I have so much to learn. Thank goodness you're teaching me still. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, as the program grows at Audubon, it sounds like Alan wants to introduce the masters and heavy categories over there. Masters meaning drivers 35 and up and heavy meaning drivers that weigh, I think around 205 or more. So it really opens the opportunity for drivers that may not have felt welcome or comfortable in a cart uh, to be able to race in a in a comfortable and safe environment and competitive environment too. Yeah, well, if we can go bigger, but you know, we can always go smaller for a, a smaller senior division. <laughs> you know, I, I would vote for that as a, my son and I have sixty. I think he's got eighty pounds of lead on his. I think I have. 60 pounds of lead on mine 50 60 pounds of lead so you know smaller would be okay too you know yeah for sure i mean the more drivers you get the more um once you feel the fields up i mean they'll have to split them up and put them in different weight categories so but yeah i mean kind of going back to before i mean it's it's been cool to see alan come into the club i mean um maybe not a lot of autobahn members know about him but he and his son have been in the carding industry forever i mean um, our company, uh, unfortunately we, we were racing against him, his son, um, one of our top drivers, Spike Kohlbecker, who's now moved on to F4. He was our factory driver and he was the one racing against the Bergnolis back in the day. And Alan's kid was the one to be, I gotta say, I mean, and funny enough, I mean, a lot of the kids that were racing those high end two cycle series had private tuners and Alan was always the tuner for his kid. So um, when you go to the car track, uh, listen to him. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. Um, and he's fully embraced the Ignite program and he's studied the Ignite cart and has done some testing with different members and, and he knows what he's talking about for sure. So it's a huge asset for the track to have him over there. Yeah. And we're, you know, we, we, we're, we're hopefully we'll get this season going here and, and, and finish strong. Uh, that that's for sure. I, I look forward to, I look forward to that. Um, since my, my wife did beat me in the open class last year, uh, going into lab was winning, going into the double header on the last day and I'm still not over it. And, um, she ended up winning the championship. So again, I'm not over it. And, uh, um, she better just watch out this year. That's all I got to so, say. So you bring up your wife and I have a question for you. So we have been talking in the office a lot. How can we get more females involved in the sport? Um, and there's so like 
before the carning program really ramped up, I mean, it was really a place for dad to go to at Audubon. Kids had to stay home. Wives had to stay home. It was just kind of like the escape for the dads, you know? But now that there's a carding program and there's more activities involved, how do you think it's a potential that we could see maybe more wives, girlfriends, females get involved in carding? And maybe that that's kind of their entryway into the sport at Audubon? I think that my daughter this year, so she raced a hat. Most of the races last year was very busy last year, but this year she's really focused on racing and she's been at the track practicing every, every day with her brother. So she, my daughter who's 13, she's very focused this year. could be the new Margay racing suit she has. I'm not sure, but she she looks real good. Um, I'm not sure if that's it, but she's really focused on this year. So I think uh, she's embraced it. I I can absolutely tell you why my wife is racing and why my wife raced every race last year and why she will not miss every race this year. And that 100% is the fact that the racing that we do in our open division is a chase race. And are you familiar with the chase race format and what we do there? I am, but maybe explain it to the yeah. uh, viewers. So uh, the club started this with cars. So uh, once a month, there's a race, and you it's a timed race. So you get out there. Yeah, you're racing wheel to wheel. Not really wheel to wheel racing, but you're out there with everybody, and you set a, a, a lap. And we've done extensive shows on, on chase racing and, and how to go about it. But basically, you set a lap. And then uh, you start the race individually, car by car, based on how fast you go. So the slowest person starts first and the fastest person starts last. And ideally, you come across the finish line. If it's all perfect and you do exactly how you qualified, you'd come across the the line um, at the same time. Well, we took this. uh, We used to do late night Thursdays down 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 at the track. And we had open and the, and the club where we had open racing, an open division, and it was, you know, a super guy, a guy which could show up with a shifter cart or, you know, my son would jump out there in his two-cycle cart. And it really was not fair. Um, you know, a guy who shows up with a 125 shifter cart wins every time. But it was, quote, unquote, the open thing. Well, on Thursday nights, we started to set up our own neat little uh, um um, chase racing. And then that turned into last year. I said, Hey, let's make the open division chase racing. And instead of two or three people, we would have maybe 10, maybe 10 uh, competitors in the open division. The one reason that it worked for the Grabeel family is, uh, the seniors and juniors go out right, right next to each other. Well, if I go out with the seniors, I don't have time to help my son get him ready, get him out. If I go out before, I can't help him when he comes off the track if it's afterwards. And the open division was always later on. So there's always a group in between us. So now my wife was helping my daughter and she would have a sec, you know, a, a group in between before she'd get ready for the chase race. And that's why we really embraced it. But my wife does not want to get hit. She does not want to get knocked off the track. She wants to go out there and she wants to drive very consistently and she does. And she does so much that she won in championship last year. So for us, speaking for us, the one way, and we have seen the most women, I would probably say the most women competitors are in the chase race division, probably at the club. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that because it, it could be close. But I'm trying to think of all the, the females that race. But that open division chase racing 
is very driver skilled. I mean, the, the auto chase race at the club is a very prestigious, uh, race to win. And the same, that goes to the karting where it might not have the cachet as the cars have yet, but it does allow my wife to go out there and pinpoint her race line, be very consistent and not worry about somebody, you know, going into the first turn side by side, 20 different carts, you know, as you hit that first turn and hope and see who pops out on the other side. So that unequivocally is why my wife is racing, um, because of the chase race format. Yeah. And I mean, that's such a great opportunity that Audubon's given for not only the car owners, but the car owners as well. I mean, it creates, um, a very safe and kind of comfortable racing environment for people that may not be ready to do the head to head shoulder to shoulder type racing. And it also helps them develop their skills to be more consistent and to learn to be on track with other people and respect, uh, the space that you have out there. Um, have they done autocross or anything with carts over there? I mean, that may be another opportunity. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did autocross last year. They allowed us to do autocross and depending upon how the track is set up, sometimes carts are faster than cars. It just depends on how I wouldn't it's, doubt that. Yeah. How it's, how it's set up. So yeah, that's a, that's a great opportunity. We, we don't feel the Grabeel family does not feel that the autocross, we don't feel that as many people are in the autocross as possible. Sometimes we, we really want to, I personally really want to push that for more competitors to know where it is, when it is, how to get involved and to join in the fun because it is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And my wife loves that also, again, because it's not wheel to wheel racing in the first turn side by side with, you know, a bunch of other cars. So she really loves, um, autocross. And I, I hope that that continues to grow at our club and we, and we really make that a gold standard in autocrossing like we have with our, for example, spec Miata program. Yeah. Well, funny you talk about spec, spec Miata. Let's talk a little bit. I mean, one of the big things like that Audubon has been talking about is the whole like carts to cars and kind of creating a ladder program under one roof. I mean, we've seen it with Jordan Missick now, Jordan is what a three-time Ignite champion. He won the Ignite Challenge Championship. Um, he won, I think, did he win the Radical Championship there last year? Uh, he, he, gets, he won a lot of races. Yeah, he won a lot of races, yeah. And now he's moving to F3. And, I mean, we're kind of seeing the same thing with Mitch now. He's starting to dabble into cars. Kind of explain from a parent standpoint uh, what what have you seen with Mitch and these kids racing Ignite carts now moving into cars? Has it been helping them? Most definitely, yes. Uh, Brandon Collins is another one that comes to comes to mind there at the club. Who was a big national uh, two cycle racer who won our Spec Miata Championships last year. We did an interview with him earlier this year on the podcast. You can go back and listen to that. Who got a, an invitation to the Mazda Shootout this year? So. Right. So the Mitch is probably uh, Jensen Benet, who started last year. He's came out of car, still Carter, still a Carter. And uh, but he was one of the, you know, besides Jordan, who moved out. Jordan started in 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 radicals. He's we have an interview with him. We're going to do another extensive interview here also this summer. But 
he, he moved out and then moved into radicals. Uh, Jensen Panay is our uh, uh, other competitor who won the junior junior uh, competition two years ago, and he moved into Miatas this year. And then and then uh, my son Mitchell, who's who's going to move in. And I, I I think that that's really important. It, it gave I don't I don't uh, look at carding as he's moving out of carding. I personally don't look at it that way. I just look at it that he is adding. Uh, racing to his kart racing. So I still want him to be a kart racer. He still enjoys it. And it's not something that, sure, when he moves to indie cars, I suppose he might not get as many kart races in. But um, <laughs> he, it, 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 is, it is one way to learn wheel-to-wheel racing, karting. And he is, the other thing that I will add is that he's a really good mechanic. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, for a, a 15-year-old, you're probably, I don't know of a better mechanic. Um, his, he has been diagnosing the cart, um, and he'll come back and say, Hey, this is wrong with the cart. I go, no, you just need to drive better. And sure enough, we'll find something wrong with you. The brake is dragging, you know, yeah, Hey, I can't, I can't get any acceleration on this cart. Something's wrong with it. No, you just need to drive better. You're off the pace. No, we found something with the frame. So he's really good at that. And if I had to, uh, send him to a race by himself, he could do all his, all his own mechanic work right now. And I think that that's going to be important as I hear, you know, professional racers when I talk to them and interview them about how important it is to be able to talk about the cart or car to the mechanic or slash tuner. And I, that's one thing that working on a cart, you know, of course it is simpler than a car. And I think that that's a huge aspect of it also. So we want, you know, the Graybill family wants him to embrace, you know, car racing in, in addition to the kart racing. So, yeah, it's been tremendously valuable. I can't imagine him being in this position that he is without karting and without the number of competitions that he had last year. I can't tell how many times he raced last year. It was a, a you know, it was, it was a lot. So, and different venues. And it yeah. didn't, go ahead. You bring up a good point. I mean, I, I could advise any racing parent out there, whether they're racing in a night cart or Miata, Radical, whatever it is, get your kid involved with working on the car. I mean, whether they're five years old or 25 years old, have them get involved, put a wrench or a rag in their hand and make them a part of the process. Have them take a part of go-kart, have them take a part of motor, have them learn how it actually works like a clutch for example having them take it apart show them how it works um and even if you don't take it apart yourself and learn i mean that's how you're going to win races i am remiss that my daughter has not um uh i've sheltered her a little bit from that and i need to not do that and i need to get her into turning wrenches also uh, a quick story so my truck got new tires on a couple months ago and Mitchell says, hey, there's something wrong with these tires. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you can't feel that vibration. There's something wrong with the tires. They need to be rebalanced. So as he's a student, two of them were two ounces. One was two ounces out. One was three ounces out. And there's something wrong with the tires. And he was exactly right. So I need to not, when he comes back to the pits and anything, and he tells me something's wrong, I need to stop going, oh, just drive faster. Um, <laughs> Maybe I should start listening to him. I'll learn. I'm, I'm, he can teach me. I'll learn. <laughs> it, it, it's a fine line in racing, though. You can't overanalyze, but at the same time, you can't ignore things. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of the tough aspect of the sport. 
Sean, as we wrap up here, th- thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I wanted to get somebody, I wanted to get you and, and talk about the Margay uh, series and the, and the history of the company. So I've really looked forward to this. If someone needs to get a hold of you or would like to get a hold of you, how, how do they do that? Yeah, they could um, they email or call the shop, 314-771-4242. They'll redirect it to me. Um, or if you want to email me, my email is s kennedy at margay.com um if you want to know more information about ignite um you could go to the shop right there and talk to alan or you can go to ignitecarding.com i i really want to see if if customers had to do one event one travel event this year make it to the brickyard the brickyard is happening um july 31st through august 2nd um that's not one to miss and we'll have a huge circus 10 program last year we had 50 carts that we were servicing and um, John and Mitch were there and had a great time. We hope to see you guys there. Well, that's the, that's the plan. We got to see how everything shakes out here with the schedule yeah, changes. Yeah. But that that is the plan. Um, Otherwise, I gotta, I'll see everyone at Audubon. I'm hoping to make it to a few races this year, just hang around the pits and meet more people. I mean, that's kind of my goal this year is to meet as I talk to a lot of people on the phone or over email, but I want to meet them face to face. So outstanding well thank you so much sean for being uh our guest today and i look forward to seeing you in person soon yeah no problem if you're looking for me i'm the tall guy in pets (laughs) that's right (laughs) thank you no problem thank you you ready okay yeah Three, two, one. Do I go now? Do I go on? If, if you say three, two, one, do I go on one? You go on one. Go on you go three, on one. two, go and on. then pause and then go. Three, three, two, one, go, or is it three, two, one? <laughs> three, two, one, go. So go. You're up. Hi, John. Hey. How about, how about Sean Kennedy and, and the history of Margay? Interview was excellent, John, as always. Really enjoyed it. What I really liked was to hear that, you know, Basically, the number one supplier for go-karts at the Audubon started his career in racing and automotive and all that right here at the Audubon. I know. I didn't even know that. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was awesome. You know, and then really how what he's what Margay is really doing, I think, speaks really loudly. The Margay system. You know, and as I talked about before the pod, before we heard, you know, Sean's interview is how uncomplicated those carts are. They're really built for the average racer to be able to get out there and have a competitive cart very quickly with the same amount of people. You know, it comes down to the driver and putting, you know, them into the cart on a regular basis and getting as many laps that's what's going to make the difference by driving a Margate cart versus those other carts that are out there, which sound way too complicated. But he has been—he's been a great help, and uh, I think Margate is is with the relationship that we're building. And I talked with um, Sean a couple days ago. He mentioned that he's going to be at the track about eighty to ninety percent of the time for our races this year. Uh, he has moved from Naperville. He moved out uh, to somewhere else in the area, and he will be able to come to most of our races. So 
Uh, that's going to be oh, great. That we're going to have a presence. We're going to have a presence at almost all of our races from Margate Corporate, which you know I, I applaud Sean for doing. Um, so he will be available, uh, you know, to do some coaching. <clears throat> yeah, outstanding. That's good news. That's good news. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I liked it. I liked it. You know getting to know Sean a little bit better. We've worked with him, as I mentioned in the podcast quite a bit, and he's very helpful, very knowledgeable. And he does answer his emails, his phone calls immediately. And he takes care of any issues that I've had, you know, right away. So does everybody, everybody does down there at Margaret. I think they do a great job. Okay. All right. Mark, I enjoyed the podcast. I enjoyed the podcast. Being on the podcast. Hey, wait, you can't hang up yet. Can't go yet. Can't go yet. What do we got coming up, John? John Graybeal. What's our what's after? What's coming next? What do we can can kind of give us a tease on what's coming next to the Audubon podcast? I don't I don't have any tease. I don't have any other interviews. You don't? Well, now that I think pressure, pressure's on. I have one I think, interview. I have one two part interview. Yes. Two part interview that's coming up. Yes, with a famous race car driver. But that's all. So you guys got to figure it out. So look for John and I at the podcast, uh, you know, at the racetrack. Um, we'd love to have anybody, you know, if you got a great story, want to talk about it, want to be interviewed. Always, always feel free to reach out to John through or myself through our email. What's our email address again, John? Podcast at AudubonCC.com. There you go. Please hit us with any comments or anything. We'd love to hear from you guys. And hopefully someday, you know, even send questions in. If you have questions that you'd like us to research and find out for you, we're totally available. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast. <laughs>